Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Iskra. And I'm Philip. And, and this, this is Couplish, where every Friday we show up to check in as a couple, navigate uncomfortable conversations around race, relationships, parenting, and answer your burning questions. And we'll also share our pretty funny and very real dating stories with each other. Add some extra special guests. Let's hope they know what they're in for. With a few fun couple challenges and some tips and tricks that keep us so loved up on each other, our friends call us corny. Yeah, we're going to make crushing as a couple cool again and checking in as a couple a weekly thing. So see you every Friday. You won't want to miss it. Welcome back to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I'm Taylor. Joining me today is ah, uh, just my everything, Claudia Oshry. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we have a lot to cover, my friend. At first, I just wanted you to come on the podcast to recap. I don't know, how long ago was it that you came to my apartment to LARP as a Christian with me and my gorgeous wife? I was LARPing. It was one of the best like Sundays ever, I have to tell you. And I would love to be invited back whenever you'll have me. Open um, invitation. And I don't say that to everybody. What was it? Like maybe three weeks ago, I spent the Sunday with you yeah. and you you were like, we wanted to hang and you were like, oh, me and Taylor have to get the house ready. We're decorating for Christmas. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. done. I'll be there. Tell me what time and I'll bring the spritz. Well, to be fair, you were like, what are you doing this weekend? And I was like, I want to see you, but I can't go out because I have to like clean the apartment. Our cleaning lady said she couldn't come last minute. And I was like, we have to clean, we have to grocery shop. And you were like, are you a real person? And I was like, are you a real person? No, like cleaning is not a valid excuse. Like I, and I'm a very, very clean person. And I get it. Like sometimes you have to spend a couple hours cleaning. So I was asking you about the whole weekend. That's three fucking days, bitch. Like (laughs) I just, if you don't want to see me, just say that. Okay. (laughs) That's the thing. I did want to see you. I just, I mean, I don't, pack. you know this about me. I don't pack well. I don't no. travel well. I no. don't clean well. I don't really function as a human being adult well. No, I wouldn't say that because you have a successful business and a happy marriage. I think you're just not Thank an you. organized person. <laughs> and is this new information to you or? No, um, no. Okay. No. That's so you, so you've always, you've known this like for a while. Definitely taking like our first international trip together a few months ago. Um, I, no, I realized I it was on a whole other level. <laughs> but you always had an inkling. I always knew you were like a messy you. queen, but like, that's why we love you. 
<laughs> Thank God. I really, I'm not going to lie. After that trip, I was a little bit worried that you guys got, like, you flew too close to the sun of Taylor Strecker. Like, Never. You got to know me too. Well. The thing is, there's nothing I could learn about you that would make me dislike you unless you were like a closet anti-Semite. <gasps> oh my God. I love you. And I, I mean, Are girl, you? would never. <laughs> Let's talk about that, Taylor. Let's talk about that. Well, um, now we've said it. <laughs> we've done it. You caught me. Okay. <laughs> so we are going to talk about love, actually, and yeah. a little bit about the holidays. See, yeah. I didn't say Christmas. Look at me over um, here. I just want to let you know, I'm not a non-Christian person. Who cares? Like, please wish me Merry Christmas. It makes me feel included. <laughs> like, to suspend disbelief that, like, what's going on around us has anything to do with Anyone other than the people who celebrate Christmas is delusional. Like, I get it. There's Hanukkah. Nobody cares. I get it. I can respect and appreciate a lot of things about Christmas. And so you know what? If you want to wish me a Merry Christmas, I implore you to do that. Because one thing about me is I hate feeling left out. And this time right. of year is really tough. So to the people listening, like, check on your Jewish, your non, non-Christian, your Muslim friends. Like, check on us. Because we're not fucking okay. So we watch Love Actually. We'll get to the recap of it. I need your full breakdown fucking moronic um, they, ass movie they just celebrate like 20 years like patting themselves on the back gold stores galore yeah like, there was like a like, big special yes so we'll get to that but so i was with you for that and then shortly thereafter did we go to brian's we were together oh, yeah we were together after a week later yep together after Thanksgiving and like the following Monday I saw that you posted and you were like I'm not well you were like but like after Thanksgiving until basically New Year's New Year's Eve I am an unwell girly I feel the sense of loneliness and Jackie Schimmel she has a lot of the same sentiments and I was like we do need to check on our Jewish friends no, really our you Muslim really friends, do our non-Christian friends because it's overwhelming it's, it's overwhelming and I think this year I decided to combat that by like making myself really busy so these okay. last couple of weeks, like for us, this is our last week of podcasting before we go on break. And I've spent this like last month just like nonstop working. I recorded my special. I've been doing like photo shoots and events, just trying to get everything out of the way, but also just making myself busy because, you know, no one's inviting me over for eggnog. And it's really tough. Oh. It's really tough. Oh my. Wait, that makes me feel so Taylor, sad. you want to hear something crazy? Please. I've never had eggnog. I'm sure I would hate it, but I'd like to try it. Okay, so how about this? I love to be the person that introduces you to like all things Christmas. Yeah. So come back over. Okay. And we'll do it. We'll do a fireplace again. You know, I, so I think, we're, I know we're going to be at Billy Joel together on next Monday, right? Oh my God, wait, when is that? I totally forgot. The 19th. Oh my bitch. God, I have to put that in my fucking calendar. I totally forgot. Yeah, I got tickets. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going. Okay, so we're going, but then also I'm trying to think when, Hanukkah is Sunday, right? Yeah. So maybe we can do like a little like Christmaca celebration. The thing is, and I think I maybe speak for all Jewish people here, is that, you know, <laughs> we don't really want like these losery oh. events thrown on our behalf. I think it <laughs> makes us feel like bigger losers, honestly. Okay, okay, okay. And, you know, it's interesting because I feel like I got... Of, I couldn't get a hundred percent perspective of what it's like to be a Jewish person, but when I was married to mm -hmm. a Jewish man, I, you know, I had an understanding like I never had had before. No, I think everyone loves Christmas, but I think the people who can't celebrate it actually love it more because, like, I'm sure huh. you and people who actually celebrate it, like, Christmas is amazing, but it's like a lot of family time, and some people don't like that, and like, there's things about Christmas that aren't great. I'm sure it's yes. expensive buying gifts for Ugh. everyone. You know, Claudia, after the I'd age. I'm sure. The amount of things I just, the amount of money I spent yesterday buying I know. Taylor. Oh my God. But you know, 
after the age of 10, like you don't really get Chris, uh, Hanukkah gifts. It's like not a thing. So I'm sure there's a lot of things that are like annoying, like holiday stuff about Christmas that people who celebrate don't like. But for us okay. outsiders, we don't see that. We only see the joy, the lights, the trees, the food, the fire. We only see that. Okay. So do you want to do like a secret Santa? No, I think what I'm asking and like you're having a really hard time just like reading my subliminal messages. Like I would like for you to throw me a Christmas party at your house, but I only want to invite like seven people and you know who those people are, you know? Okay. Done and done. Oh, but wait, we are going to go home. We'll figure something out because I want to make all your Christmas dreams come true. You know, I I love that. And I think it is worth mentioning. um, Me and Taylor are FaceTiming right now. You are wearing some sort of Santa jacket. Is that what that is? (laughs) No, 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 no. It is my red puffer jacket behind me. And I'm wearing your fave, my, my favorite and your least favorite workout jacket. Oh, okay. 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 You are literally sitting on a chair that has a red puffer jacket hanging behind it. And I thought that was your shoulders. (laughs) Wow. Well, I just shed about 500 pounds. And happy for you. Your perspective. I'm happy like, for you, you. You think my shoulders are that broad? That I, know, I thought you were like huddled me. in a thing. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. So we're going to get to all of the Christmas cheer. But first things first, girl, we were just together yes. at uh, the TPG Awards. Yes. And when I tell you that you are a red carpet queen, <gasps> like, the pictures you posted, you looked, I mean, stunning oh in so every nice. shot. Seriously. But like the one that really sent me was the over the shoulder yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. I looked truly hideous in every Getty oh, image. Oh my God. Okay, well, here's the thing. So yes, I did have a great night in terms of photos. But Girl. for every for every great night, there's about 30 that <laughs> exist out there. And I'm begging people not to go search my name on those picture forums. I I have so many bad photos of myself. Ones that like actually like trigger me. Yeah. Same. So I'm going to take the W here, but it's not, it's important to remember where you came from. Okay. So this is what I wanted to like to understand. So I was going to say, can you coach me? Did you get like a red carpet teacher? No. Like, the, the, the moves that you honestly and Margo were making on the red carpet, I was like, wow, that like maybe it was just rapid fire and they just happened to catch you with your head looking over your shoulder like were you posing how did you get those shots so let me tell you how when i'm no i'm gonna get my picture taken i'll stand in the mirror and look so for me my hand was in a really interesting position there and i think people thought it was like an artistic choice i was covering my belly um (laughs) because the dress was like a little tight on my underbelly and I just thought, you know, if that shows up in pictures, I'll be so mad. So I'd rather my hands look like a little weird. So my hands were like kind of cradling some sort of like baby bump, even though I'm not pregnant. And it actually ended up looking very stylish, very model-esque. And that oh. was just that was just God looking out for me. <laughs> and I'm appreciative to him. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by ZocDoc. How I love these ZocDoc. My dad's a doctor, so I grew up like a little spoiled Doctor baby smash forward to me moving to new york city being like wait a second all my friends are doctors this is all scary and finding a good doctor uh i learned when i was away from my mommy and daddy not so easy but it is with zocdoc and that's why i love it so much okay Riddle me this, okay? Before I book a brunch, uh, I like literally pour over lists and lists and lists of reviews. I look at the menu. I'm doing a damn dissertation on this restaurant before brunch. So why are we not doing that before we book a doctor's appointment? A brunch is one morning or afternoon on a weekend. 
Our bodies are forever. So with ZocDoc, you can actually see real, verified patient reviews to help you find the right doctor in your network and in your neighborhood. It's very convenient. And like, let's get real. Finding the right doctor is just as, if not more important than finding the right plate of Eggs Benedict. Although, Eggs Benny, it's very important to me. So in case you don't know, ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those toofs, fix an achy back, get that moly, moly, moly checked out or anything else. ZocDoc has you covered. And ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. You just search, find, and book doctors with a few taps. Easy peasy. And you know me, I'm lazy. So I like easy. And I really love to read the verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. So go to ZocDoc.com, find a doctor that is right for you and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. I booked a doctor's appointment one time for my hemorrhoids. Yes, hemis. And I did not use ZocDoc and I went to this like rando person in network and it was the worst doctor's appointment literally of my entire life. I left crying. I was going to get surgery on my butt, my literal butt. Okay. And I left the doctor's office crying being like, I just let that man look at my butt and he's not going in my butt again. For real, it was really traumatizing. And now that I have ZocDoc, I have not had an experience like that since. And I'm not alone. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. And hello, I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find a doctor and book a quality doctor. Nope, I'm not letting any random doctor up my booty hole ever again. So what are you waiting for? Just go to ZocDoc.com slash Taylor and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash t-a-y-l-o-r zocdoc.com slash taylor if debit is your go-to card discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too so check out discover cashback debit a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases that's right cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore whether it's a movie date flea market find or midday latte you can start earning cash back and did i mention there are no fees period Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. And now back to the podcast. I need more hacks. So practice in the mirror. This is like when I went to get my first license. My mom made me practice smiling of course, in the mirror. So of I, could, I could retain my muscle memory. So and now what I'll do is like I'll look in the mirror and like see things I don't like and figure out how to fix that. So my hands were in front of my belly. I was okay. also showing – I was showing my legs. I was wearing a mini dress and that I was – I loved it. Thank you. I – I am very daunted by the concept of showing my legs in public. I so feel you. I was, you know, when I stand with my legs really straight and my knees locked, I get this like plant, like I don't even know what the right word is. It's like this planet of cellulite above my knee. It's like oh. all, it's like the weight of my Same. thighs is crashing on my knee, you know? <laughs> oh, I know. I live it all too well. So I was doing things in the mirror with my leg, like popping it out, putting it to the side and finding out a way where the, the planet didn't exist. And I found a good solution for it. And then when I was walking up to the carpet, I'm like, okay, hands over belly, knee up, other leg out. Like it's choreography. Were, was it like rapid fire or did you like take your time with it? Um, they were pretty fast. Yeah, that's that's the other thing with red carpet search, like lightning fast. They don't even give you a second. But so when you're Work in the, with me, when you're in the process of changing your your 
physical stands. <laughs> yes. You don't want them to use that photo. So right. what I do is I'll stop smiling and like maybe close my eyes for a second while I change <laughs> positions because they won't end up posting the photo where my face, I'm supposed to be smiling and looking at the camera. So I'll never, never look in the camera as you're changing position because that's when your body looks the worst. Oh my God. Well, also another thing too. Like put your head you, fucking down. Okay. I know. You took some killer group shots as well, which that's the thing too. Solo are hard, but there's almost, it's almost a little bit easier because at least you're in control of your entire Yes. Sphere. Yes. But they fucking threw us on. It was our fault. We were late. We were like the last ones to hit the carpet. We, I, I had to pee. I had just built my roadie on me, my Prosecco. Ooh. Girl, I was in a very bad headspace. Bad place, yeah. And then they threw me on with Taylor Donahue, which I'm like, just kill me now. She's six feet tall. That's Yeah, that's rough. That's She's rough. Like, like, and, and I'm like, I don't want, like, get away from me. I know. And you know what else is like, nobody really thinks about it, red carpets, is the carpet, like, you're alone on. But the, behind the carpet, there's probably 50 people, photographers, media, social media mm -hmm. managers, publicists. Mm -hmm. So there's just like a lot of people watching you act like a fucking thirst monster freak. <laughs> and it's very easy to get in your own head about that. Yes, yes. So you also have to control your mind. It's not just your physical body, your smile, your arm. It's also your head. And I feel mm -hmm. like honestly, you know, being on stage has really given me a level of I don't give a flying fuck what people think yes. about me. Yeah. So that I feel like it's really mind over matter. If you're in a good headspace, like you'll kill the photos. Honestly, that makes so much sense because, yeah, you just came off not like other girls. You just mm -hmm. wrapped it. And um, I was at the final taping for your special. Girl, yes. that, I have never seen anything more impressive in my entire life. And I was on a tour. I was on the stage. But, yeah. like, the cameras being there made it, like, very next level. Yeah, not all my shows were like that. But because we were filming, we had, like, a stage built. And there was, like, eight or nine cameras. And it was, like, a real fucking production. And it felt very cool. And my first special was the same. And I remember being like, oh, my God, I wish all my shows could be like this. But do you know how much I cost? Like, I can't. It looked way expensive. Thank you. That's so nice of you. <laughs> um, the show was incredible. How does it Thank feel you. to be done now with not one but two tours? I was saying this on the toast. Like, I have been, like, counting down the days to this moment. Tour is, like, very laborious. It's very hard on my body. And it's hard on my soul. I don't like being away from home and, like, missing my family and my friends. Right. Um, so I've been counting down to this moment. I'm like, I'm going to feel so happy. I'm going to feel so accomplished. After this, the last show, you and I went to dinner with a bunch of people. We had a few mm -hmm. cocktails. And I got in bed. And that maybe it was the cocktails, but, like, that sense of euphoria did not wash over me. I was actually hit with this profound sadness. And I actually oh. cried. Really? And I have to say, like, Ben could have made fun of me because it was, like, a weird thing to do. But he was, like, very caring and sweet about it. Um, And he was understanding. I don't know. I just felt instead of relief, I felt like, you know, to work on something for an entire year. I started in November of 2021 and I ended in December 2022. Nonstop work on, like, a piece of a body of work for a whole year. And, like, it's not like I'm making this stuff up. This is shit that's happened to me in my life. I'm right. going on stage. I'm talking about my life, myself, my insecurities. Like it's, it's funny, but it's, it's written about myself. So to just be done with it is like, uh, okay, what like now? That part of your life has died. Yeah. And it felt that way after my first tour, but I don't know. I didn't feel as connected to my first tour. I think with my first tour, I was just so happy to have like accomplished something new and different. Like I'd never done stand up before that. I was just proud of that. And now that I feel like much more trained and much more seasoned, I'm like, wait, like I have more to give but that's not how these things work. Like you have to stop and you have to write new material. And so I'm so glad I filmed it so it can be like memorialized forever. Right. I'm just really, I'm really proud of the work that I did and like the 
the jokes that I wrote. And I'm I'm just really excited for people to see it, honestly. It's so fucking good. I mean, the first, your first tour ever, I saw you, I think a couple times and it was mm-hmm. incredible. I was also blackout drunk the very of first course. time I saw it. That's the vibe. <laughs> I was like, I think it was amazing. <laughs> but the second one I was slightly less drunk for. Mm-hmm. Um, no, seriously, I don't know how to explain this to you. I, I I say this to a lot of people when they ask me about your show. You are so far along in your comedy chops, but you're so young. And one of my favorite shows is Hacks. Me too. And like, I feel like we're going to be like like blue-haired ladies, and I'm going to oh be God. going to see you at I your hope. like residency in Vegas or oh wherever. God. That's or the at, dream. At that point in time, like fucking Pluto. Yeah. And it's like you, like you're just going like, you're you're already at the tippity top. I saw that you and Jackie had this conversation on the toast. I saw it on social. You guys were saying how, um, like, w- when have you peaked? Yeah, I know right. When I peaked. I peaked when I was three. I had skinny legs and blonde <gasps> hair. Naturally, not the three-year-old. <laughs> Stunning, but like that's the thing is. It's okay, Taylor. I actually physically peaked at my bat mitzvah. <laughs> Which is a pretty good time to peak, by the way. I a wore really like a great time. So much. You want to hear something usually. crazy? Yes. I was first of all like so naturally thin back then, and I had gotten Ugh. side bangs, and it was like so the vibe. And I had these amazing side bangs, and I wore a YSL dress that Ooh. literally. You want to hear the craziest thing? You know Sawgrass Mall in Florida. Yes, I do. There's That's a Neiman everything. Marcus last call there. And so we went shopping and I wasn't even looking for my bat mitzvah dress. And we found this YSL dress that was, I swear to God, a size double zero. I was so tiny back then. (laughs) And it was like $99. Sickening. And it's like a $1,500 dress. And we were all freaking out. And that dress stayed in my family for many years. I actually think like 10 years later, Jackie wore it to Margot's bat mitzvah. Maybe not 10 years, five years later. And it's just like a family relic. And it's like, it was such a bargain moment. It was such a success for the family. So was that your peak? That was definitely side bangs, YSL dress, and the skinniest arm you've ever seen in your fucking life. <laughs> I'd like to say this. I believe that right now you are in your peak, but here's the wild thing. Bitch, you just keep on peaking. Like That's literally the biggest lie, but thank you. No, it's no, it's it's really the truth. Like you are you're you're a seasoned comedian. You are unbelievable. I am like I, I the cavelling. I write that in like all your pictures, and I feel like people are like, "Shut up, a you're not Jewish, and b <laughs> b like you're not her parent or family member." But like the way I beam with pride for you, I mean, I can't even put it into words. So that's like literally so nice, and I know that you know I like feel the same exact way about you. And I'm, my mission in life is to get you and Jackie to do stand up. I think you both for real could do it. I was begging Jackie backstage at my special. I'm like, just go out there. Do five minutes. It's so easy. This is a crowd full of the biggest toasters. Yep. And half the people, half the people here work with us. I got like so many free tickets. I gave it out right. to all my agents. I'm like, everyone here knows us. All of our friends are here. No, it was only 300 people. But that's even scarier. I'd rather work Actually, with I agree. Of complete I agree. strangers than people I know. I agree, but there is a level of comfort walking out. And this is what I always say. I was, you know, I had the privilege of starting stand-up, you know, selling tickets to an audience I had already established, not going into um, open mic nights with random right. strangers, mostly dudes. Like, right. I, I didn't have to do that. And I, I think if I did, I probably wouldn't have ended up here, which sucks because I do feel like this is what I was meant to do, but I don't yes. have the stomach. I don't have the stomach for shit like that. 
And I think that you and Jackie both possess the the natural chops. Like, I think you guys could do it. And it's my mission in life to get you to just, like, open for me once. I will say this. If you can see her, you can be her. So, yes. <laughs> Check, check. I, you have awoken a beast to me. So like when I was little, I sang. I uh, really, right. but sometimes you, you know, sometimes yeah. with the karaoke, I like, it's beyond. I'm mm-hmm. in Crayob. Other times with the karaoke, not so much. So it's very hit or miss. But like, it's I important couldn't... to mention you're usually blackout. <laughs> yeah, it's very important. To and mention. that's why it's hit or miss. So yeah, but also my voice is hit or miss, like sober or not, but I'm not that I'm sober. I'll like very much. Anyway, Ever. so. I I used to not be able to watch American Idol because like I would actually get like very like emotional. I, it was like intense jealousy, but not like evil jealousy. Just no, like, I know. Ma- like sad jealousy. It's hard to see people out there living your dreams. Exactly. And so, you know, and I get it sometimes like if I watch Taylor Swift. Like, uh, what bitch, was the one? I understand that. What was the tour she did where it was the um, stadium tour? What was that the what? on Netflix? The stadium oh, tour. Reputation. One. Yes. And I could feel it like, you know, my, my upper chest getting tight. So music does that for me, but I think it's less about the singing and it's more about being on a stage with like a very captive and like, um, present audience. Yes. And so seeing you do stand up and watching you over the years do it, it made me realize that like, I, it's not that I need to be singing and it's that I, my dream is to be back on a stage in that capacity. Yeah. So, but if it was, if it weren't for you, I, that would have never, it would have never even clicked. Well, let me tell you how, like, I, I definitely am in, in a small way living my dream, but every time I get on stage, I wish I was there to sing. Like, that's how fucking delusional I am. Like my, <laughs> like all I wanted to be when I was younger was a pop star. And that's why like so much of my stand up I sing and I don't know if people like it or fucking hate it, but like, I, love I, it. I can't I love not. It. And it's because I really feel like I should be on that stage with millions of people watching for my voice. <laughs> well, I will say, I think being a stand-up comedian is actually cooler than being a pop star. Having wanted to be both. I'm serious. Because right. there's just like a chillness and a confidence that you have when you're on stage. Not that like pop stars aren't like confident, obviously. But they've got so much of like, they've got so much noise and Bells stuff Bells and whistles. Yes. Yeah. There's something cool about being on a stage with just you and your microphone. Yes, I agree. But there's also something incredibly scary. That's what makes it like the worst job in the world. Do you get super nervous before you go on stage? You don't really get nervous a lot, do you? Or do you? Um, I don't get nervous in the way that like most people would. Like the the scale, like however many, I could be performing in front of 500 or 6,000. And that was really the scale of my last tour. Like some of the venues, I think the minimum was like 600 people. And then my biggest one was 6,000. So Honestly, the amount of people, it does not make a difference to me. Like I'm a really like a genuine extrovert. Like I love attention. That doesn't get to me. What gets to me is like I want to do a good job. Right. And so much of me doing a good job is like out of my hands. It's like the universe. It's like, am I tired? Does my brain work today? Did I drink a Red Bull? It's like a million things. And maybe if you sat through two shows, you wouldn't notice the difference in my performance, but I would know. It's also too, it's interesting because as performers – and I did one one gajillionth of what you're doing. When I was on tour with Stassi, I was opening, but it was kind of like it it was an opener act, you know. But I leaned up. in but I leaned in to the audience. I mean Of course. Remember when you used to like this was like, God, how many years ago? Three, four mm-hmm. years ago. And you were like, when you're not touring, let's go to like the the uh, the stand and like yeah. do open mic nights. And yeah. I biggest regret of my life was not doing that with you. We biggest. can still do it. I probably should. It's just really oh good. My God. Okay, fine. So I I think that you're being very generous in saying that I could do what you do. You totally could. I am willing to give it the college try. Okay, good. But I want to throw up. 
Now I yeah, just said course. it and I regret that but I like, just publicly committed to it. I know it's so lame, but like nothing in life worth doing is like not going to give you a pit in your stomach. That's like the shit that you should do. I just sometimes the stage fright is so overwhelming. And maybe this is like a different times in my life where I wasn't that prepared. Like, because as I was on tour with Dossie and Bo, like I would get nervous, but like less nervous. Like our first show, we were like throwing up on each other. It was like, yeah. I mean, it was like we couldn't even function that first day. Yeah. And there was one time I was in Nashville and I was doing like a guest, a stand up show. Um, I was so ill prepared and I was like so the pit in my stomach like took over my mm-hmm. entire existence. And I was like, I can't, I can't function like this. And no, hurts. I was. I was just saying this backstage, like when we were getting ready for the special, I get like phantom poops before my show. I will go to the bathroom four times before I go on stage and I'm like, I have to poop. And I've never once made a poop. It's like not real. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, it was incredible. I can't wait. Thank if you guys you. didn't get a chance to see it, you fucking missed out. And But there will be opportunities for you guys to actually see it, you lucky yes. little shits. Yes. Okay, let's do... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Before we do Love Actually. So... I know you have always been like mildly lesbian because mm-hmm. of my wife, Taylor. A hundred percent. But after we saw Betty who perform at TPG I'm Awards. I'm full, full. <laughs> full. I think that's what they call a lesbian awakening. Um, yes. Yes, it is. I like, I love your wife, Taylor. Yes. In a way, like, because I'm deeply problematic and narcissistic. I, I love her because she loves me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Does that make yes, sense? Because that's how I live my life. Right. So like my love for her has always been like, if I really were to acknowledge it, like it's been, you know, she loves me. So I love her. Like I love people who obviously have good taste and love me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. But then with Betty Who, I was like, oh my God, I totally understand like the lesbian attraction, and like lesbian experience. Because Betty Who was like, I, I I don't know if this is like an okay thing to say, you tell me, but she's like mask, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. She was wearing like, you know, androgynous clothing and like Very short hair. Yep. Um, and I was like, damn, this is a vibe. Like, I totally get it. And she was like this amazing performer. And I was like, oh my God. First of all, I thought she looked so much like your wife. Like, and Margaret Washray thought that too. Insane, right? So I want to know like what was going through your mind at that time. Get ready. So to the audience, repetitive reading here, because I talked about it with Taya and Tam last week and we like did our like our therapy session. So of course it came up. <sighs> but like the way that she knows how psycho I am is like the best thing ever. Like I feel like that's why we're a good couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in love and all this shit, but like we're pretty well matched. <laughs> but like she gets my crazy on such a deep level. And it like it like nothing makes me feel more loved than that. Yeah. So I am insanely jealous. Mm-hmm. Insanely. And I'm also kind of like a baby lesbian. Like I don't quite get. Like, I learned about being a lesbian through the L word on HBO, not the new one, the old one. No, by the way, I only recently <laughs> learned that about you, that you have, like, crazy jealous issues. Because when we were in the, in yeah. Turks and Caicos, yes. Taylor and was helping, helping this, like, really beautiful woman out of the pool. And we were all like, oh, my God, ocean. dying. Oh, shit. Out of the oh, ocean. Shit. And we were all like, oh, my God, that girl's so hot. She couldn't then, swim. Legitimately. She couldn't swim. And Taylor was like, let me help you. Because Taylor's just like, that bitch. And you told me, you told me the next day that when we all went to bed, you cried to Taylor about it. I was like, wait, what? It was like the most innocent, innocuous, like Taylor's just like a nice person. Um, And I was like, damn, this bitch is not okay. Also, to be clear, my medication got switched, like the brand got switched on me and I was a deeply unwell girl. Like Tay was like, are you not taking your medication? And I was like, but the pills look different. She was like, you're crazy. That's an acceptable excuse. I accept it. (laughs) Thank you. But. 
yes, to answer your question, I'm still that jealous. Like, okay. normally I can control the mood swings with it, but not always. So when we were at um, the Built Party mm-hmm. and Wycroft was playing and Tay went on stage yep. and she gave Wycroft the hat. So she was standing next to Cara Delevingne, who like for me, like, here's the thing. If you're a queer woman, I am terrified that you're going to steal my wife. Mm-hmm. And I automatically think you're going to be in love with her because she's amazing. Of and course. then I get worried that she's like a little bit of a star fucker. So she will love them back. And then Stop. she will leave me. <laughs> Stop. Keep like, calling her. Like, keep calling her a star fucker, and she will leave you, bitch. Okay. No, stop, stop. Like when she met me, I feel like it's fa- I like false advertised her. Like I was like, I'm a star, and you now we're are. <laughs> you are a good friend. I love you. You are. So, anyway, this is all about my <laughs> insecurity. <laughs> right. So. When we so when I heard Betty who was performing and I like Googled her, I was like, oh no, like oh Oh, god, (laughs) you're sick, you are not okay. So, and Tay loves somebody who can sing, so like there's Mm -hmm. just like all these things, and I don't quite get like who her type is, even though she tells me, I'm like, you're crazy, I don't believe you, right? So, whilst watching Betty who perform, all I could do, I smiled and like acted like I was so into it, and I was because she's incredible. but like I was aware that I had to like not like look psycho because Tay was I didn't want to make Tay feel like she couldn't enjoy the performance. Right, it was so right. awesome. But truly, I spent 55 percent of the time staring at the eye contact between Betty Who and whoever she was looking at in the audience and convincing myself it was Taylor Donahue. Oh, my God. That's so funny because honestly, I was standing right in front of Taylor Donahue. And like one of my only gripes with Betty Who was like she wouldn't even look at me. So she wasn't looking at us at all. Like she wasn't looking at Taylor. She w- don't worry. Like I couldn't even get her to like get. I want her in my videos. I'm like, look at the camera. She wouldn't even come close. Don't worry. She was not staring Maybe at your she life. could sense my sight. She could smell my psychotic lesbianic energy. No, she could like feel your like kinetic <laughs> lesbian energy. And then at the end, she's like, okay, everybody, I'll see you on the dance floor. And Tay Donahue said she was like, oh, God, no, I hope she doesn't come out on the dance floor because she was scared I would go psycho. You are really, like, not okay. No shit. Have we met? So, no, this new, this jealousy thing is something I did not know about you. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm getting rid of it. And honestly, the, like, following day in the group chat, Margo was like, like, I can never unsee the fact that Betty, who is Taylor Donahue and vice versa. And then you guys are going to go to Belize. We were going to come. We can't. It's a whole thing. So you guys were like, we should invite, or Brian was like, we should invite Betty who, like, and pretend it's TD. And in my mind, my first thought, I was like, oh, no, she's going to go on the trip and she's going to be part of the friend group. She's going <laughs> to replace us. No, then she's really going to steal my wife. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Do you know uh, Fat Carrie Bradshaw? I know through you. He's the best. So I had him on the Taylor Shrekker show. We were talking about this and he was like, Taylor, no offense to Taylor Donahue, but like Betty who? It's not She's, running off with your wife. You know, like that's the thing. It's like Betty who is like arguably one of the most famous lesbians out there. Like every yes. lesbian wants a piece of Betty who. Like you, <laughs> yes. t- you two need to get in line. And then I told Taylor that, and she's all challenge accepted. So oh, no. Like, Fuck again. <laughs> anyway. Well, you know what? Me and Betty, we were DMing because I tagged her in a no, bunch of stories. No, so no. I can set Taylor Donahue up with Betty if no. you want. I hate you. <laughs> Are you serious? You were DMing with her? Yeah. You stay away. From no. Her. No. <laughs> yes. Because you know I what? I I never told you this. You know what? I'm going to set Taylor Donahue up with Betty, and then me and Betty and Taylor could be best friends. I hate you. It's not even funny. I know you're joking. It is funny, though. It is. No, 
not. <laughs> it's <laughs> hilarious. It's really not. I will. I know where you live. Why don't you come by for, for a glass of wine? I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> I know. No, no. You have to go over here for eggnog. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by StoryWorth. I love StoryWorth because I am terrible at being sentimental. Just ask my wife. Last anniversary that we celebrated, which was our first wedding anniversary. I didn't even, I didn't get my wife a gift and I didn't even get her a card. I epically failed this past anniversary and so uh, y'all I'm already thinking about our second wedding anniversary like I'm like I need to redeem myself but like I'm lazy and like I said not very good at being sentimental so I'm like I know what I need to do but like how do I do that well story worth is thank god for them so my wife like loves to talk about family stories and her life and like, you know, our story. And so I'm like, well, how can I like write a book of all of the important moments in our life? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't. That's like impossible to write an entire book of life memories. Well, with StoryWorth, they make it easy and fun. StoryWorth is why I can and anyone can write a book about their life. You, you guys, if I can do it, you can do it. So it's so simple. Let me tell you how it works. Every week, StoryWorth will email your loved one a single life-related question that you pick from their collection. So for example, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? And then all they have to do is to reply with a story. Simple, right? I know. And then after a year, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories, memories, and even photos into an exquisite hardcovered book. I love a keepsake. And when I say she, I mean me, but I like really mean my wife. She loves that stuff. And we've been together now for like, God, eight years, nine years. Don't tell her. I don't know how long we've been together for. But like we've lived a lot of life and we've gone through a lot of things. And so just like capturing our entire relationship in one space is like the most magical thing ever. I'm gonna slay this anniversary. Millions of stories have already been told with StoryWorth because they make the process so simple. So get started with your loved ones for the holidays. And before you know it, you'll both be cherishing those timeless stories for generations to come. Help your family share their story this holiday season with StoryWorth. Go to storyworth.com slash Taylor 10 today and save $10 off your first purchase. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash T-A-Y-L-O-R one zero to save ten dollars off your first purchase that's storyworth.com slash taylor 10 and now back to the podcast okay real quick eggnog love actually break it down so i really wanted to come over to your house because i saw that you and taylor had this like christmas challenge you made this chalkboard full of like how many movies is there like 25 30 a lot like maybe even more than 30 christmas movies that you're going to try and get through it's like a checklist of all the things you're going to get through before the end of the year. And I love Christmas movies. And I saw on there you had Love Actually. And I was like, Taylor, I don't know if you've known this, but like a weird, crazy thing about me is I've actually never seen Love Actually. And I love Christmas movies and I've seen most of the the good ones. And she was like, what? And she said that, you know, I could come over and we would check it off the list together. So that's really why I came over in addition to just like, you know, LARPing. <laughs> and I have to say, like, I was really blown away by the movie because this is a movie that I've heard a million things about. It's like, it, it goes down in history as one of, like, the most popular people's favorite yes. holiday movie. And I was just not expecting it to be so fucking stupid. <laughs> like, not only was it the most fat-phobic movie I'd ever seen ever. in my life. Ever. 
And I'm not even a person who's easily offended, especially like by the fat stuff. I'm like, you know what? Get over it. But this was like really hard to ignore. It had a million plot holes that made no goddamn sense. Like not Colin Firth making a woman marry him who he's never spoken to. (laughs) (laughs) Not, uh, I couldn't, I don't know anyone's names. Uh, Not Professor Snape. (laughs) <laughs> and his wife having no resolution at the end of the movie. What happened? Also, and I pointed this out to you, also they have no pillows on their bedroom. Yeah. Or on their bed, there, in their bedroom. There were two porn stars, or I don't even know if they were no, porn no. stars. That storyline makes sense to nobody. Okay, yeah, like why? why That's what universal. Did, what? Why? I think that is the weakest link of Love Actually is that porn couple. Like, they make no sense. I don't understand why they're pivotal to the storyline. Like, no, they're not Taylor, particularly. The point of the movie is like that trend of movies where it's like you meet a million different people and then in the end they're all connected. You know, Hugh Grant right. is sisters with that girl who's married to Professor Snape and Professor Snape works. <laughs> like, they're all connected. Uh, the guy who went to America was connected to nobody. Oh, no, he was at their wedding. Hmm. His friend was a waiter. His friend was a waiter at the wedding. Correct. The porn stars weren't connected to anyone. They just happened to be at the school play. They weirdly were connected to somebody. Because they were just at the school play. We never found out. (laughs) (laughs) Like the way that I was watching you. Oh, 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 (laughs) Then the Kira Knightley of it all. They (laughs) made no motherfucking sense. And... I have seen that scene where he opens the door with the postcards and it's like this romantic thing. I've seen it. They've, you know, it's been copied and it referenced. It's like an iconic moment yes. in pop. Iconic. And I was so, I was so fucking excited. When I tell you <laughs> how stupid that was, like, I'm sorry. I feel like unless you saw this movie at a young age and there's like nostalgia tied to it, there's no way you can watch that movie as a grown ass person with rational thinking and be like, this is a good movie. So... The way I was watching you the entire time, because like when you watch a movie, wait, wait, and then the pop singer guy, like the old guy, star, only character in the film worth fighting for, first of all. Okay. Okay. Relevance question mark. What do you mean? Relevance question mark. What's the point? What was his point? Because he was the only likable character the entire time. No, but like, how is he connected? Oh, right, right, right. Oh, and then not to mention, like, the 9-11 of it all? Well, you know, it was of the times. No, but, like, what were they trying to say about 9-11? What, was, what were they trying to say? <laughs> you know. And I just feel yes. like if you're going to bring up 9-11, you better have something to say. I saw this movie a gajillion years ago. So, like you said, I fall in the category of I was young, I was stupid, I missed all No, these you probably things. like have a connection, like, oh, family, young, you know, childhood. Like there's a connection. Right. But it's like, it's so funny when you're younger and you see something like, like, for example, and don't even come for me, but like The Goonies is a fucking terrible movie. But when you're a child and you watch it, you're like, this is the greatest movie ever. And then of when course. you go back as an adult and watch it. Whatever. But because this is like an annual thing, we just all like look forward to it and blindly watch it and don't really think about it or you're like half watching or whatever. But to watch it with virgin eyes next to me, I got I was like sweating. And then I started to see all the holes because I was like, well, that scene disappointed. You know, I felt like it was my personal obligation for you to love the movie. And watching it through that lens made me go, this movie is, I think it's terrible. But I wanted to see if you also, I wasn't really, I couldn't quite get a read from you. Um, I wanted to like it so badly. And honestly, my it was such a nice day. I was with my favorite girlies. There's the 
fire. We were drinking, yeah. snacking, gossiping. Yeah. So I like honestly, the movie was probably even worse than I remember <laughs> because I was so blinded by like the holiday cheer around me. Scale from one to ten. Three. No, that's so bad. Really? Would you ever watch it again? Probably not. Damn. You know, I did recently for the first time see The Family Stone. Ooh, I think, wait, I think it's everything. I I think it was an amazing movie. Okay. And you know what? I loved it. I thought, I mean, anything with Diane Keaton, like just I'll put it on loop. Put it on loop, girly. I love it. And anything where Sarah Jessica Parker is the worst, put it on loop. Put it on loop. Because like Carrie's the worst. (laughs) She's obviously really good at playing characters who are the fucking worst. Uh huh. I loved that movie. Yep. Oh, and that scene. Oh my god, that scene at the table, where where Sarah Jessica Parker was like, "Wouldn't you wish for your child to be normal? Normal? Can you even the way I'm triggered every time I I see that scene? I know. Oh, I know. Is it wrong that I think that that is SJP? That character. That's that's the real one. You know, the thing is, is like I've seen her act, and when she's acting like the most annoying person in the world, she's a great actress. And when she's acting like a character who's not the worst, she's not very believable. So <laughs> if A equals B and B equals C, I think Sarah Jessica Parker might just be fucking annoying. <laughs> you you know? said it. I have said this so many times in this podcast. This is like the anti-SJP podcast. Literally, I but hate SJP. The craziest thing I do, she bugs me so much, uh-huh. but... And I'm like so team Kim Cattrall and like the whole of fight. Course, and I, of and course, of course. I'll never be able to get enough of it. But if like I was even in the same room as SJP, the way I would melt and die. So it's just like I actually feel like due to my relationship with SJP, one-sided, of course, I understand the way trolls feel about me. Wow. And it kind of brings That's me this very inner big piece of you. Where I'm like, I hate. SJP, I love to like, I love to hate on her, but like, I love, but I, but at the, at the core of it, I actually like love her so much. And she's been a part of my life for so long that, um, no, that's yeah. fair. It brings me solace when somebody is dragging me in the DMs. Okay. That's, I'm you know like, what? If that's what you need to sleep at night, Taylor, <laughs> then okay. Well, I'm going to start trolling Betty who oh, for my you, Finsta. <laughs> you stay the fuck away from Betty, you bitch. Okay. <laughs> Claudette, I love you. Thank you for joining me. I love you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like oh I truly God. got um, a taste of Taylor. <laughs> with you. you guys, if you don't already, follow Claudia at Girl With No Job as well as Claudia with no job or Austria? Claude, my brain. Claude with no job. Claude with no job. Sorry. <laughs> my brain That's melted. Good. That's okay. Also question, do I still say your last name wrong? <laughs> How do you say it? Ashri. Totally Ashri. fine. Totally fine. I know. I get nervous. I just hate when people say, oh, Shri. I would never. That's disgusting. And I do think actually that is the correct pronunciation. No. <laughs> but because, you know, like the ashtrays hail from Lithuania uh-huh. and um, I, I'm pretty sure it's, I'm pretty sure it's actually Ushri. So you you are saying it wrong. But I grew up in New York and it's Claudia Ashray. OK. OK. <laughs> and of course, check out The Toast. Yeah. Rebrand. Rebrand. We love a rebrand. And uh, I am such a fan. I love The Toast so much. Like, obviously, I'm friends with you guys. But like, it's really funny to be a fangirl and friends simultaneously. It's a I little bit it. of That's a That's how I spot. feel, too. Oh, my God. Love you. I love you too. Okay, guys, that's it for us this week. Uh, Don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe. Until next week, bye, girl, bye. 
Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.